0: I greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus. I, uh, I'm going to talk about something that's very relevant, and this is going to connect with you. Uh, you don't have to be a believer to connect with this, but in order to experience the effects of this and the power of this, it would help to believe. I'm going to read a... a an excerpt from romans chapter 7 beginning with verse what is it 14 beginning with verse 14 and i'm going to paint a picture for you i want to talk about the struggle of what seems to be two natures listen to what the apostle wrote listen to listen to the human that God used to write most of the New Testament, the one that reached the Gentiles, the one that saw Jesus, well, He the one that had an encounter with Jesus and whose life was instantaneously changed. He went from going this way, slaughtering believers, to going this way, to affirming that indeed, Jesus is the Christ and He is the true and living God, the only Savior that we have. Romans chapter seven, verse 14 in the scripture reads in, the, new, in the, the King James Version, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform? That which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, in my flesh, in my body, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. And many of us have come to this conclusion in our struggle for righteousness and holiness. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? The Apostle paints a very vivid picture of the struggle of two natures. Where on the one hand, I have a desire to do everything that's right, everything that's good, everything that's pleasing to God. It's even said in the scripture that I delight in the law of God after the inward man. I know that the law is spiritual, but I find that I am carnal, that the things that I want to do I don't do. The things that I desire to do, I don't have the capacity to carry it out. When in I want to go this way, I realize I am going that way. When I want to do this thing, it seems that I'm doing that thing. And all the good that I know to do, all the good that I understand to do, I'm simply not doing it. When my spouse is talking to me and I feel that I'm being manipulated, I want to be kind. I want to respond in love. I want to exercise patience. I don't want to pop off at the mouth. But next thing you know, a few more words have been exchanged. Some more buttons have been pushed and I have flapped off at the lips. And I've said things that I shouldn't have said. When I'm at work and my boss is making it seem like I don't know my job or I don't know what I'm doing, I want to be patient. I want to be understanding. I want to walk in love. I want to do the right thing. But it seems like the more the situation continues, now I'm in defense mode and I'm defending myself. And the conversation and the experience and the exchange has produced no good thing. When my kids are acting up, I want to be kind. I want to show love. I want to have peace when an unexpected bill shows up. I don't want to be caught off guard and I don't want to let my mind run rampant all over the place. I don't want to imagine evil. I want to imagine peace. I want to remember that God is with me, but somehow I end up panicking and worrying and full of fear and anxiety. I'm doing the opposite of what I know to do. I'm experiencing the opposite of what I've read in the word of God. What is wrong with me? What's going on? The apostle gives us insight in Galatians chapter five beginning with verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these two, or these, are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. So I have the flesh and I have the spirit clashing contrary to one another. The the flesh wants to go this way and and drive this way and chase after the feelings and walk after the emotions and do the little carnal desires that it has. I want to eat this snicker bar. I want to eat the snicker strudel or whatever it is. I want to drink soda after a certain time. Uh, I want to restrict myself and the flesh is pushing against the spirit and the spirit is pushing saying, no, we want to live right and be healthy. And I want to get in shape. And the flesh says, yes, I know, but I want to eat this cake over here. And I want to lay down and watch Netflix. And the spirit is saying, no, read the Bible, get into the word, remember the presence of God. And the flesh is saying, yeah, I like that. But right now I just feel like doing this and We're caught up in a fight. It's like there's two people that are rumbling in the ring of our hearts and we experience the shaking and the thumping and the after effects of this tiny war within us. What's going on? The Bible talks about being carnally minded in Romans chapter eight and being spiritually minded It says that we need to be spiritually minded to have life and peace. It says that if we're carnally minded, that we would die spiritually. If the answer is to walk in the spirit so that I don't fulfill the lust of the flesh, how do I walk in the spirit? What does that look like? For years, I've struggled with this. I've wrestled with this. I didn't understand how to do that, it frustrated me. It seemed like the answer is right there, yet the answer is hidden. I don't know how to do what the Bible is saying. Until I started studying the mind and the brain and the relationship between the two. There is a difference between your brain, your actual physical organ of thought, and there's a difference between that and the mind. The immaterial, invisible, non-corporal part of us. Where our will is, where we can choose to think and make decisions. The brain is a part of the flesh, along with all of the chemicals that cause us to experience the emotions that we experience. The Bible says in Romans chapter 7, it talks about the motions of sin in the flesh you ever been moved by an emotion to do something that's contrary to the will of God the motions of sin in the flesh so we have our will and we have the brain the physical organ the brain is designed to do everything that the mind tells it to, that the mind programs it to. And this is how we program the brain with the decisions that we make. Every time we make a decision, a conscious choice, that decision is recorded in the brain, literally, physically written into the brain. The brain has neurons, our brain is made up of neurons, tiny little cells, they're brain cells that have arms and a tail or a stem and actually they look like trees. And all these little trees, these neurons, they connect with one another. Every time you make a decision, you're growing new neurons that reflect that decision. And these neurons connect with other neurons of the same type That you've made the same decision and they build a network, a concept, an imagination, a vision, an image of how you see things and how you feel about things. Because these neurons, these brain cells are also responsible for creating the chemicals that cause you to experience certain emotions. In fact, all of them. So every time we make a decision with our mind, it's recorded in the brain and thoughts are created, physical phenomena or real estate in the mind. Physical buildings, physical structures in the brain are being formed and shaped. Science calls this neuroscience or neuroscience calls this neurogenesis. It's a concept where the brain can change. So the shape of your brain is determined by the decisions that we've made. If we've allowed our flesh, our feelings to influence us to make carnal choices, then the brain correspondently is shaped in a carnal sense or there's a carnal imprint. If our feelings and emotions trigger us and push on us, and provoke us to make a decision that's that's sinful as soon as we make that choice sin is imprinted on our physical brain you take you shape the brain with the shape of the sin that you've chosen to do this is why the bible says sin is in the flesh and these decisions release chemicals that reflect that decision Bitterness, sadness, sorrow, resentment. And these emotions elicit us to do works of the flesh. Like Paul describes in Galatians chapter five. Now the, 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 the works of the flesh are these, which are evident, adultery, fornication. You have an emotion that comes over you, that overwhelms you, enticing you to commit fornication enticing you to commit adultery enticing you to walk in jealousy and to hate on people these are feelings and emotions that we have allowed ourselves to be programmed with the brain is only doing what the mind has conditioned it to do through the decisions that we've made so the reason why you're doing things that you don't wanna do is because you've programmed yourself for all these years to do those things. It's called memory. Have you ever done something subconsciously, unconsciously? How about when you drive? Have you driven for so long, repeated the action of driving for so long you can drive pretty much with your eyes closed? You can drive doing other stuff, texting and talking on your phone and your periphery is keeping track of where you are, your hands are making the turns when they need to. It's become automatic. You don't have to think about what you're doing. You just do it. Because you've programmed yourself to do that. With decisions, conscious, active decisions that you chose in the very beginning when you learned how to drive. Well, the same way you learned how to drive and it's become automatic, we can learn righteousness and it will become automatic. We can learn love and love will become automatic. We can learn joy and peace. We can learn how to be patient. We can learn how not to react, but to respond. We can learn these things by making conscious choices. When we begin to think about what we're thinking about and we realize, hey, I'm, I'm feeling this way. It's contrary to what the Bible says. It makes me want to do this you come to a point, a valley of decision. You choose not to react to the emotion that triggers carnal behavior, but instead you do the opposite. And that defined point of having to make a choice, when you realize, ooh, I'm thinking this and feeling this, that's not what God says to do, I should do this. When you come to that place, that is where it's hard. That's where the wrestling takes place. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. You're wrestling against your thought life. We're transformed when we renew our mind, when we change the shape and programming of our brain with conscious choices. All the feelings of righteousness, all the feelings of holiness, they will follow once we begin to make choices that reflect righteousness. That's why Paul said that we have to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Ideologies, belief systems that are rooted in our brain with the decisions that we've made, we have to change our choices so if you find yourself in the place to where you want to change and it's hard you're right it is hard remember paul's own struggle in romans chapter 7 verse 14 through 25 and then on into chapter 8 it's going to be hard you're going to experience weakness you're going to get tired because you're wrestling it's intense if we understood how deep our programming is and how much struggle and fight it would take, I wonder how many of us would actually endeavor to do it. I know that I've been in a place where I felt so overwhelmed, I thought, man, I'll never get out of this. What's the use of trying? I'll never change this. What's the use? I've been doing this for days, for weeks, for months, struggling and fighting with this. I feel like I'm getting nowhere. Don't give up because God gave us a promise when you don't feel the promise in your life, when you feel like the promise is not there, I'm not seeing it, make the decision anyway to believe. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. That's why we need prayer. That's why we need the Holy Ghost the Spirit of God. Because he said, through the Spirit, we can mortify, put to death, the deeds of the flesh. Do you realize that dying to the flesh, it's not just fasting. It's not just saying no to the food. But every time you come to the place To where you have to make a decision. Do I choose to do carnal what I feel or do I choose to do what's right? Every time you choose to do what's right, you've driven a nail in the flesh. You have died to the flesh. And when we die to ourselves, we are promised resurrection power. The scripture says that we are raised up in newness of life. Every time you make a choice, every time you make a decision to do the right thing, you're dying to the flesh. Paul said, I die daily. Daily, I make decisions to follow after the Spirit. That's what walking in the Spirit is. When my flesh wants to eat Snickers, let's say, okay, I want to get in shape. I want to watch what I eat. I love Snickers. No more Snickers. And then... Six o'clock at night, the flesh comes strolling all along and says, man, a Snickers would be good right now, bruh. How about it? Let's go get a Snickers. And that feeling comes over you like, yeah. You remember the taste. You remember the joy. You remember the sweet. All of that flashes happens in a second. It causes a sensation. It causes a feeling. And that feeling, if you don't catch yourself, you're like, you're caught up. You're like, yeah. And you're headed to the store. But you can make a decision this is where you need God. God, help me to, to come to the place where I can choose. Help me to recognize what I'm thinking about so that I'm in a position to make the choice. And when you just say, Ah, oh, mm, no, that's why the Holy Ghost is your helper because the Holy Ghost will speak to you and say, hey, didn't you say you don't want to eat Snickers? Didn't you say you don't want to do that? And now the responsibility is in your hands. You have the choice. I do this or I don't do this. A lot of times... We don't even catch ourselves with a choice. We just do it. We're programmed. That's where God comes in. That's where the Holy Ghost comes in. The Holy Ghost stops you and now presents you with a choice. Carnal, spiritual. And when you walk after the, the spiritual, you are walking in the spirit. Don't tell me that you cannot do it. Somewhere you can start. Now, it might be that some of us are so deeply engrossed in the flesh that we are in bondage. In that place, you make the decision that you are free to make. You can't choose to do something that you can't do. But you can exercise the faith that you have. You got problems smoking. You can make a decision. Man. When you get that urge, that craving, when flesh says it's time, I need my my nicotine, you come to a decision, because now you're starting to struggle. Oh man, I said I wasn't gonna smoke. I wanna smoke, I don't wanna smoke, but my, man, these people are getting on my nerves. I'm anxious, I need this to calm me down. The flesh is lying to you. You have a choice right there. No, I don't need this. No, I'm gonna be transformed. No, God is my peace. You're inevitably choosing something immaterial over God. He said, I would be your peace. He said, I would be your refuge. He said, I would be your comforter. Why would we go to something else to comfort us or to bring us peace? Now we've created, now we've bowed down to something else other than God. When God said, hey, I would provide all your need and we see God here and we're like, yeah, I believe you, but I'm going to do this. And the carnal way is worse. For the carnal mind is enmity with God, it does not please God. The carnal mind never walks in faith and without faith it's impossible to please him. For they that come to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Grace be with you and peace.